Welcome to the Husband Factory Podcast. I'm the host and founder, Makita Kamara Omensa. Join me here every week where I help single women meet good men and enjoy great marriages using proven faith-based principles. Now, here's today's episode. Hello, pretty lady. Hope you're having an awesome day so far. Wanted to talk to you today about probably one of the most important things that's going to help you make the right decision when it comes to getting married. And that is having accountability and counsel from your pastors. It means so much. So today's topic is your relationship with your pastors. Now, It may not seem like your pastors have anything to do with who you marry. And when I say that, please don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that they should tell you who you can marry, who you can't marry. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you have to have the a relationship with them that they're able to guide you. They're able to counsel you. They're able to tell you things. They're able to tell you, um, why don't you wait? Or maybe this person, you know, it seems like the way you guys are going may not be the right way. Because guess what? Your pastors have the responsibility by God. God gave them the responsibility to have rule over you, to make sure that you're okay, to make sure your soul is okay, to make sure that your life is okay. So they carry that burden. They pray for you more than you know. They care about you more than you know. They're constantly concerned about your well-being more than you know. So because of that, who you marry matters to them and they want to make sure you make the right decision. I want to tell you about a young lady that um, I heard about. I don't know her personally, but it's a true story that I heard about. And she had found a great guy, wonderful guy to get married to. Right. The guy had proposed and, you know, she didn't really talk to the pastor ahead of time or anything like that. When the guy first started being interested in her, she didn't think that was important which is fine. A lot of people may not realize that that that's something good to do. But anyhow, so she, the, the guy proposed, she was excited. She was past 30. She was just like, okay, this is great. You know, I'm getting married. Handsome guy, good looking guy, tall, had all the attributes she was looking for. He was a popular guy. And so she went to the pastor's wife and told the pastor's wife, hey, so-and-so has proposed. Let's call him Zechariah. Zechariah has proposed to me, and I'm so excited. You know, the the wedding, this is the date that we fixed for the wedding. This is when this is going to happen. And the pastor's wife told her, wait. That's it. She just said, why don't you guys wait? That's all she told her. And the girl was confused. It's like, why should I wait? Why, 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 why do I need to wait? Like, we're in love. Everything's perfect. I've already fixed the date. Both families are aware. It doesn't make any sense for me to wait. I'm not going to wait. Like this is crazy. You just don't want me to be happy. And so she went ahead with the wedding, of course, beautiful wedding. You know, she was beautiful. He was handsome, lots of friends, lots of well-wishers, lots of supporters. Everything was perfect until a few months later, she came home and she found her perfect husband in bed with another man. Now, if you find your husband in bed with another woman, that's bad enough. But in bed with another man, honey, you're going to need counseling because how can you compete? You as a woman, how are you going to compete with a man? Do you know what happened in that case? What happened in that case is that the pastor's wife told her to wait because she knew the guy was still struggling with homosexuality. So when she told her to wait, that's she couldn't tell the girl, hey, this guy has a problem because 
when you speak to a pastor, when anyone speaks to a pastor, they have to, you know, your secret is safe with them. They have to keep your secret. So she could not tell the girl, we've been counseling this guy. He's not quite ready yet. He's still struggling with homosexuality. We've been working on him. He's been coming for prayer. He doesn't want to be a homosexual, but, you know, we've been praying with him and everything. And, you know, he, he wants to change his life, but he's not quite there yet. She couldn't tell him the girl that she couldn't because that's the guy's privacy. That's his. He has a right to be able to talk to his pastor and his private life, not be told to anyone else. But what she could tell the girl is, mm, why don't you wait a little bit? But the girl didn't listen. So she married the guy and, you know, you heard what happened. So, of course, that marriage didn't last. It ended in divorce. So what can we learn from that? There's a few things we can learn. Number one, your pastors are out for your benefit. Now, I have to preface this by saying if you're in a church where you're not happy with the pastors or you don't think they're, they're supporting you or love you, then go to another church find another church. There's so many churches out there. You have to know that you're in the right place. You have to have the conviction, the personal conviction that you're in the right house. Now, being in the right house, meaning church, does not mean that everything is going to be smooth all the time. Doesn't mean that you're going to agree with every decision that's made. Doesn't mean that you're going to get along with everyone there. Do you get along with everybody in your family? No. Do you agree with everything that is done in your family? No. Have you left your family yet? No. What about your job? Why haven't you left your job yet? Because of your disagreements. There's no place where people are that everything's going to be perfect. And guess what? You're not perfect. So even if the church was perfect, you messed it up the day you came because you're not perfect. You know, no offense by that, but I'm just letting you know that we're human. And any place where humans are, we're going to step on each other's toes. That's why Jesus said, forgive 70 times seven. But what you have to ask yourself is, do I have the conviction to be in this house? Do I have the conviction that this is the church where I belong? This is where I need to be planted. This is where I need to grow. I can grow here. The messages that I hear are relevant to me. I feel inspired. I feel that I'm growing. I feel that, you know, my life is changed. My life is moving forward since I've been here. And if that's true, then you have to trust your pastors. You have to trust that they have your best interests at heart. And trust me, they do. Their job is too hard for them to just be doing it just because they have your best interests at heart. Okay. Now, a lot of us like going to male pastors rather than our female pastors. Let's say you have a husband and wife team. Right. Many women prefer going to the male pastor, kind of like the reason why I prefer personally going to a male gynecologist for the sympathy. You know, <laughs> I don't want, you know, female gynecologists to tell me, oh, we've all we all go through it. You know, get over it. You know, I want a man that's going to be like, you know, oh, I'm going to be gentle. Or this is what I'm going to do next. You know, talk me through it. <laughs> you know, for most women. Not all, but for most women, they prefer talking to the man in the relationship. If you, you know, if your pastors are male and male and female pastors, only because they kind of feel like he understands and he's going to be more sensitive and he's going to be more like the father figure and he's going to um, not judge them quite as much, you know. And it's not that the female pastor's judging you; it's just that she's a woman too, and so. She may call you out on certain things or she may kind of see through certain things. So or she may 
have experienced it as well. And so she may be like, okay, but you know, you have the power to do this. You have the power to walk away from this guy. You have the power to move forward with your life because she may have experienced it as well. She's a woman like you. What I want to tell you is that you can choose whichever one you want to speak to. But if I have to give you my candid advice, try and get to know your pastor's wife. Try and find a way to get closer to her. Now, of course, obviously, if you're in a church where that's not possible, if you're in a, you know, a huge ministry and it's not possible, that's okay. But if you're in a ministry where the pastor's wife is relatively accessible, do your best to get close to her because there's a few things that she knows. First of all, you may see your pastor's wife as more quieter. She, in some cases, the pastor's wife is not as vocal, is not as in front as the pastor. She may seem more quieter. She may seem less visible, but that doesn't mean that she's less spiritual. To give God a man of God. Let me tell you something. The pastor that you see now, he wasn't that same pastor when he married his wife. The man of God that you're praising, the man of God that when he speaks, it's like he's breathing life into you. When he prays, when he when he preaches, when he prays, you feel the anointing just all over the place. That it was not the same man that she married, even if she married him as a pastor. There is some work that she did on her knees. There's some work that she did in intercession. There's some work that she did in declaring the word of God over his life. There's some work that she did in encouraging him, inspiring him, teaching him in terms of edifying, using the word of God to edify him because pastors are human. They have days when they need encouragement. And a lot of times it's the wife that encourages them. Or a lot of times it's the wife that goes into prayer for them when they're discouraged. So there's some work that she did in order to give God a man of God. You have had to have built some spiritual muscles. So because she's not as vocal as he is, maybe that doesn't mean she's any less spiritual. Okay. Now, the good thing about that is if she has given God a man of God, guess what? She can teach you what you need to do to give God a man of God, because who's going to birth your husband's destiny? Isn't it you? It's not your pastor and his wife. You're the one that's going to birth your husband's destiny. You're created to be a helper. So who's going to make your husband everything he's supposed to be? Even if your husband is not a pastor, so to speak, but maybe he's a businessman. Maybe your husband's destiny, you know, some men, they just love making money for the kingdom or they love making money or maybe they're, you know, just for good causes or they love maybe they're into politics or maybe they're meant to be a star. Whatever it is, how who is going to make sure that happens? It's you. So. Why not learn from somebody who's already traveled that road? That's number one. Number two is she snagged your pastor. So she knows a thing or two about getting a good man. She knows a thing or two about what to look for and what to ignore. She knows a thing or two about how to avoid all the pitfalls, how to avoid all of the bad decisions that single women sometimes make. She knows a thing or two about it, even if she's never spoken about it. You know, so if I were you, I would make it a point to get to know your pastor's wife. So how do you do that? First of all, she probably has an assistant or someone that works with her. It could be the administrator, it could be a secretary, it could be just someone that you see that is serving her. Talk to the assistant. If she doesn't have an assistant, if your church is really smaller, then talk to the pastor. Say, I'd really love to help. Let's call the pastor's wife, Ruth. I'd really love to help Pastor Ruth. I'd really love to bless her. What can I do? 
What does she like? You know, you can even ask the Holy Spirit. There have been times I've wanted to bless a man, a woman of God, and I didn't see that there was particularly any assistant or anybody in the church, you know, it's a smaller church. And I just prayed and asked the Holy Spirit and he told me, oh, he likes this type of food. And so I went and got a gift card for that type of food. And he was like, yeah, that's exactly my my favorite type of food, you know, so Ask, ask, ask the pastor what his wife likes as the assistant, ask somebody that knows her. There has to be somebody in the church that knows her Ask that person, what they like, bring her a gift, bring her a gift, get to know her. And now you're bringing the gift because the Bible says a gift makes room for you. Your gift opens doors. You know, you're showing appreciation for who she is. You don't know that she, there's times God wakes her up for, to pray for you. And she doesn't tell you about it because she doesn't have to tell you about it. She's already settled it in prayer. So you can just say, thank you for all that you do, because there's so many things that they do that's behind the scenes that you have no idea about. There's times that they come to church on Sunday morning and they have had no sleep. So I have been privileged most of my life to serve pastors. So that's why I know, you know, what I'm saying since I was in my twenties, God is privileged me in that way that I've been able to serve pastors and leaders, church leaders in a, in a kind of close capacity. So bring her a gift. But do you know what? Most pastors wives, the closest way to get to their heart is to help them. Most of them have their hands full. When I say full, (laughs) their hands are full. So most of them, the best thing you can do for them is find out what they need done and do it. And, you know, at first they may be skeptical at first because a lot of them have been hurt. A lot of sometimes people just want to get close to them for ulterior motives. So they may be skeptical, but prove yourself. You know, they give you something to do. Go and do it and, you know, just say God bless you and you're done. You know, prove yourself. The more you prove yourself, the closer you'll you'll get to them. For a lot of them, another way you can get to their heart is if they tell you something to do, listen to them. Do what they told you and then come back and report. Maybe you went to your pastor or your pastor's wife and say you're dealing with something. And then they recommend, okay, there's a book I want you to read or there's a message that I want you to listen to. Or they may tell you, stop talking to him. Maybe a guy that you have no business talking to. They'll tell you, stop talking to him. If you don't stop talking to him or if you don't read the book or if you don't listen to the message, the chances of them taking their time to give you advice kind of lessens. And the more you don't listen, the more it just kind of lessens. And they just treat you as a prayer topic. You know, they just pray for you because you're proving to them that their opinion doesn't matter. Their opinion doesn't count. Their time is not valuable because you didn't listen to what they said. So please, if they give you counsel, take the counsel and do it and then report back. Okay. Yes. I listened to the message. This is what I got from it. What's my next step? Or yes, I read the book. Thank you very much for the book. Here's what I got from it. What's my next step? Okay, do we got that? Make yourself valuable in their life. Show them that they have an inroad into your life to speak to you. Can I tell you a secret? Not every person in your church, it's not every person in your church that your pastor tells them like it is. There are some people that they sugarcoat. When I say sugarcoat, I don't mean they lie, but they're not, that person hasn't really given them the permission to tell them like it really is. Because of the level of their relationship. Now, that's just common sense. 
what I would tell my sister is different from what I would tell my boss, right? Because of the level of our relationship. I may open my heart and tell my sister everything, but when I'm talking to my boss, I'm more guarded. So there are some people in your church that your pastor and his wife are more guarded when they speak to them. Doesn't mean that they're lying to them, but they're just more careful because that relationship is not as close. But there's other people that they'll tell them exactly like it is. They'll tell them, girl, run, get out of there. You know, this person is not for you. You know, there's a thing about your pastor that is good too. They know everybody. So you may just see the guy on the exterior, but like the story I told you about the young lady that ended up marrying a guy that was struggling with homosexuality, they know everybody's struggles. They know everybody's secrets. They'll know. So if you go to them when somebody approaches you, instead of waiting until you're in love, they can tell you, okay, well, let's see how it goes. Or they can be like, girl, run the other direction. Or they can tell you, okay, wait. Like they, like that pastor's wife told that young lady. She told her to wait. She didn't say the guy was bad. Just told her, just wait. So you put yourself in a position to have almost like an advantage. You have an extra advantage when you are in a position that your pastors can tell you the truth. They can tell you exactly the way it is. They don't have to divulge the person's secret. That's not what I mean. They won't do that. But they'll be able to tell you exactly what it is because you've established that level of relationship with them. Okay? And it doesn't mean that you're going to their house. It doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that you have shown them that you respect their opinion. You've shown them that you respect their counsel and that you listen to their counsel. So you can still maintain kind of a distant relationship, but still show those things. Let's say, I'm trying to think of a Bible name. <laughs> Let's say Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel approached me, Pastor Ruth, and, you know, he said he wants to date. I'm just, you know, wondering what your opinion is or what do you think? Do you have an opinion on that? And she'll tell you. Or can you give me some advice as a single woman, what I should be doing now or or how I should be living? Is there anything that you've known me for quite some time. I've been in your church for quite some time. Is there anything you can see that I should work on that I may not be able to see in myself? And they'll tell you, you know, maybe you have a quick temper. Maybe you need to deal with some pain in your heart that may cause you to be attracted to the wrong people because you have self-esteem issues. Whatever it is, they'll be able to tell you. Or they may be able to pray with you. You know, maybe you have... um issues from your past that they can pray with you and help you deal with them before you get married. So I want you to know that I don't want you to neglect your relationship with your pastors. In fact, I want you to embrace your relationship with your pastors. I want you to enhance them. I want you to run to your pastors. I want you to include them in this decision if you can. If you're if you're in a church where you are able to. Now let's say you're in a church where your pastors are they're not as accessible. There is somebody who is more spiritually mature than you. There is somebody who knows more than you when it comes to God's word, who's deeper in faith than you. Maybe it's your parents, you know, if you're fortunate to have godly parents. But you need to have somebody that can give you godly counsel and let it not try to let it not be your friends, because sometimes your friends will just be happy for you. Oh, you're getting married. Oh. And they will be as blind as you because they're happy for you. They're there when you're sad and when you're crying, when Nebuchadnezzar broke your heart. You know, they were there. So when you're finally getting married, they're excited for you. So they may, they may be blind. You need somebody 
who doesn't have a stake in it, who doesn't care if you get married to him or not. When I say that, I mean that somebody who's not have any emotional attachment to the guy. They can see the guy with clear eyes. They can see the guy without any type of emotional attachment so they can see him clear. So the things that you cannot see, the things that you may be blinded by love or blinded by his handsomeness or blinded by his charm or blinded by his money, whatever it is that's attracting you or blinded by his gift or his anointing or his talent, whatever it is that's attracting you or blinded by his career, they are not. You need somebody who can look at him objectively and give you a honest answer that, you know, what they think. Now, at the end of the day, you're going to have to hear God's voice for yourself. You have to have a personal conviction for yourself. You can't marry somebody based on what people say at the end of the day. You have to have that personal conviction because if you don't, you'll be blaming that person for the rest of your life, which is not good. You have to know, hey, I'm making this decision based on the fact that I respect this man of God and this or this woman of God, and that's what they told me. And then I see these things for myself. Or I've got confirmation from the Holy Spirit. Something, you know, you have to have that personal conviction for yourself. Now, you may be wondering, you know, my pastor's wife is not perfect. My pastor is not perfect. They have their issues. But guess what? They are as about as perfect as you are. So respect the office that they hold. Respect the fact that they are in authority. You may not like the president of the, of the United States, but he has an office. He has authority. You can't deny that. So regardless of what you may think about them, respect the office that they occupy. And you have to respect it in order for it to work for you. If, you're, if you want your pastor and your pastor's wife to pray for you and you want that prayer to work, you want that prayer to be answered, make sure you respect them. Because if you don't respect them, that prayer is going to be answered. And it has nothing to do with them. It's just a principle. The anointing you respect is the anointing that works for you. It's just a principle. So I want you to do something to this week. I want you to work on the relationship that you have with your pastor. If there's been any type of hurt or any kind of misunderstanding, even if they're not aware of it, like if it's all in your own head or all in your own heart, I want you to work on that. I want you to ask God to fix that. If you're in a church where you don't feel like they care about you or this is the right place for you, then find another church. Don't be under a leadership that you don't trust because it's very important that you be able to trust them because of the work that they have to do. They God has entrusted them over your life, but if you don't trust them, they cannot adequately do their work because they have to be able to speak to you about your life. They have to be able to speak into your life. And if you're listening to me, you don't go to church you have to fix that. You have to be able to sit somewhere and grow. You need to grow. You need to get closer to God. You need God in your life. We're living in times where you can't afford to not to have God. Your, your life will never be as beautiful as it is with God in it. So if you're, if you're not going to church, if you're not going to church regularly, change that. You're going to see dramatic change in your life, especially as a single woman. You can't afford to not be someone that doesn't go to church. You can't be you can't afford to not be somebody that has God in their life. Listen, only God knows what's going to happen 10 years from now. There are people that have gotten married and a tragedy has struck them. God forbid that happens to you. But only God knows that. So you need that. You need his protection. You need his guidance. 
when I say that, it, I, I just, not to put fear in you, but it's just for you to realize that you can't do this life alone. None of us are strong enough to do it alone. We need him. We need to lean on him. We need his protection. We need his guidance. We need his mercy. We need his reassurance. We need his love. And not only the bad, not only for the bad things, but there are things that are precious promises that God has for you. There are things that are around you right now that God wants to bring to your attention. Good things. There are good opportunities. There are good men. There are good dreams and visions and plans for your future that God has that he can't show you because you can't hear from him because you're not in a place to hear him because and it's not because he's not speaking you know it's kind of like if I turn on CNN I can I can see CNN but that doesn't it doesn't mean that CNN is not broadcasting it's just that I have to be turned into that channel so if you're not going to church it's going to be very hard for you to hear God the Bible says that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves. So if you're not going to church on a regular basis, please change that. If your work schedule is a problem, see if your job would do something about that. But there are whatever times that allows you to go, try and go. It's very important that you do that. Don't take this journey of marriage alone. No, no. You've heard many of the stories I've shared, the true stories I've shared of women who got married without any counsel, who got married just based on their own emotions. And you saw some of the heartbreak that they endured. Okay. So this week, if you're already going to church, work on your relationship with your pastors or find someone that can be a mentor to you. Find someone that can, that can help you. And I am available. You can go to my website, husbandfactory.com and schedule a free 20 minute consultation with me. And we can see if, you know, working together it's advantageous for you. Or if there's someone in your life, there's an older woman, your mom, if she's a godly woman, your aunt, if you'd rather, you know, talk to your aunt than your mom, if she's a godly woman, if they're spiritually mature, find a mentor that can speak into your life, that can help you, that can guide you, that can be that extra set of eyes so that you don't make any mistakes. Okay, have a wonderful day. And I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm sure you got a lot out of today's episode. Don't forget to share. And guess what? The conversation doesn't have to end here. Hop online to www.husbandfactory.com to subscribe to my VIP newsletter. Just scroll to the bottom of any page and you'll see the button there. Remember, all the great love stories you've ever heard out of all of them, yours is going to be the best. Can't wait to hear it. See you next week.